Welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast, where I teach you how to step into the arena of bigness, all the while creating more joy along the way. That's right. We are capable of reclaiming our power, our purpose, our boldness and bravery, and putting our bigness into the world. I'm Kim Strobel, your truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach, who believes in giving you the tools to create a life you really love. After all, when we're playing in our arenas of bigness, life gets better as we get bolder. So buckle up for the no BS, zero fluff advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. I can't wait to dive into this, but before I do, I want to tell you that one of the things that can really help my podcast get out to the millions of women that I think need to hear this is for you to actually go to iTunes or whatever podcast app you use and write a review at the end of this episode. Tell us what you think about what Jill has to offer us. And the other thing that I would encourage you to do is if while you're listening to this episode, this is resonating with you or you hear something that you know other friends of yours needed to hear, I'm going to encourage you to take a screenshot of this episode and text it to your best girlfriends because I believe that it is through our own vulnerabilities, through our own stories, through our own truths that we get closer to living a life that feels really good to who we are from the inside out. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce to you today, Jill Angie. Jill is a certified life and get this, you guys, she's a running coach, excuse me. She's a running coach who wants to live in a world where everyone is free to feel fit and fabulous at any size. She started not your average runner in 2013 to help women gain confidence and self-esteem through running. She is the host of the Not Your Average Runner podcast, which again, if this episode resonates, you need to download her podcast. And she is also the creator of the Rebel Runner Roadmap, a revolutionary 30-day class that helps women of all shapes and sizes start running. So welcome to the show, Jill. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Well, this is going to be a great episode because... You know, there are just certain things that Kim Strubble knows that she has no business coaching on. Um, For example, if you ever need to lose weight or learn how to eat healthy, you are never going to come to Kim Strubble for that. All right. Um, But the other thing that might kind of fall into that category is I know and believe just like you do, that if anybody has the desire to get fit and build their confidence and become a runner or begin to exercise, I know firsthand that this is true, regardless if you've ever, ever walked in a gym, regardless if you've ever walked a mile in your life, but I'm not always the one, Jill, to tell people that because I'll be very honest. I am 30 years into graduating from high school and I still hold the track record at Tell City High School. Three of them, three of them, all right? Running comes naturally to me. It's easy to me. Um, I'm one of those people that like, oh, I can't wait to take my run. And I know that some of you wanna slap me right now through this screen and through this audio, but I can't wait for you to hear Jill's story because Jill is not your average runner. So take us back, Jill, tell us a little bit about you. 
Um, okay. I, I just love that you are still holding the track record. Like, can we just take a moment and yes. celebrate that? Now, thank you, Jill. Freaking awesome. <laughs> I hold the track record at Tell City High School. I, I got that record in 1989, I think, um, for the 400 meter dash and for the 1600 meter relay and for the long jump. Today's episode is brought to you by me and my 90-day Big, Bold, and Brave coaching program, otherwise known as the BBB. This is the 90-day guided journey that unleashes your happiness and helps you fully step in to the arena of bigness. If you're feeling stuck in an action, you're tired of reliving the same year over and over again without getting the results, then it could be time to take a courageous leap. The BBB is a simple framework where I share the nine major shifts I took to step into my bigness one daring day at a time. In the program, I teach you how to create a compelling and clear vision for all areas of your life, how to get crystal clear on what you want, how to understand the law of attraction and become a super manifester and how to know and own your value. If you're looking for the hidden strategies that all successful people know, but for some reason you don't, and you're ready to bust through the plateau in your life, Big, Bold, and Brave, the 90-day coaching program is for you. You can fill out an application at kimstrubble.com forward slash apply and be the first to know when we launch the next cohort. Oh my gosh. And nobody has beat you since then. No, this is I ridiculous. Like a small little community, but still... All right. Well, so that's actually a great segue because I am pretty sure that until I was in my thirties, I couldn't even run 400 meters. Like I remember in high school, we'd have to do the mile and I was always dead last and there was not a lot of running. It was mostly walking. <laughs> you know, we'd like do those track things and I would be the kid in the back, just like making fun of everybody else and not actually doing anything. Um, you're and making me laugh because I drove <laughs> by our high school last week and like they were doing outdoor gym and they were walking laps around the high school. And like, there was this guy who was a hundred meters behind everyone else. And he was cutting like through the grass. So you were that person, Jill, were you the grass um, cutter? I was, I was the grass cutter. And you know, what's really funny though, is I was pretty, I was, I mean, I wasn't like super athletic, but I played tennis in high school. I was on on the swim team. So it wasn't like I avoided sports. I just wasn't much for organized team sports. I liked tennis because it was just me and the other person. Right. Um, but I hated running. I just hated it so much. It felt like punishment. It just, it just seemed like the worst thing in the world. And so the irony that, you know, almost 40 years, 35 years later, I'm a running coach is not lost on me, but <laughs> well, I, I know I, I love that. And really that's why I reached out to you. And I was really been anticipating this interview because I think that you are going to give us such perspective. I, I do believe that so many people want to become runners, but I believe wholeheartedly that as soon as Kim Strobel introduces herself and says, Hey, my hobbies are running and I run 35 miles a week and blah, 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 blah. And like immediately they're like, uh, I 
I could never do that. I was, <laughs> I was never an athlete. I couldn't run around the block. And what we know, Jill, is that's not true. So I can't wait to hear your journey. How, how did you go from like hating, despising running, being in last place in, in gym to being a running coach? What the heck? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, a long evolution. And I think even though I hated running, I also thought, you know, cause I was like, when I graduated from high school, I was maybe 15, 20 pounds overweight. Like as you know, I like, it wasn't any, I thought I was terribly fat. I thought I was just, you know, awful. And, um, and I wasn't, I look back I like my tiny little 25 inch waist tennis skirt. I look at that now. I'm like, Oh, that fits one of my legs. All right. Maybe I was a little hard <laughs> on myself, but, um, in all seriousness, I really, I really, really wanted to lose weight. And I thought that running was the way to do that. I thought running would help me. So I kept trying over and over and over again and failing and, you know, trying and failing and trying and failing. And then I don't know, gosh, I was probably like, the mid to late nineties. And I was trying yet again. And I think couch to 5k, the couch to 5k program had just come out. And I thought, this is it. This is the secret. Right. And it wasn't because by week three, they want you to be running like five minutes at a time. I mean, it's ridiculous. Okay. Like, stop right there, Jill, because I'm so glad to hear this. I have been giving bad information out then because when people come up to me, after like a, like a, a workshop I've given or a speaking gig, they're like, so I've never been a runner. Where do I start? And here's my answer, Jill. Cause I really don't know. Right. Cause it came out. I'm like, Oh, uh, Google couch to 5k couch to 5k. Oh, this is good. So you're telling me, no, that's not the answer. Keep going. Well, I think it's the answer for a, a small part of the population, but for anybody who's over 25 and maybe a little bit overweight or, you know, like it's somebody who's at a normal weight or maybe just a little bit overweight and somebody that maybe already has a little bit of athletic ability, I think it's the perfect program. And if you read, and I'm not going to get into the whole history of it, but if you read about it, I mean, it was created with the best of intentions and it is responsible for getting millions and millions and millions of people into running. The problem is there's a lot of people that it doesn't serve very well because it advances too far too fast. And it also expects that within eight weeks, you'll be running a 30 minute 5k. And that's just not possible, especially if you're like, like me and you're 50 years old and you're a hundred pounds overweight. Like it's just not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, not. so you tried that program, you failed at it within week three yeah, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. I, and, but I, I, it like triggered something in my brain that like, okay, well maybe I could just keep running and walking and running and walking and not aim to run the entire 5k. Let me just see what happens when I do that. And like, it, that was like the light switch for me that if I just did a run walk approach that I could go a lot farther, I actually could go faster than if I just tried to run straight through. And then I felt a lot better. And I started noticing myself being able to, you know, keep my, you know, keep my breathing under control. Like it just all started falling into place because I just failed at it and failed at it and failed at it so many times. And finally the light bulb went off. And so I did that for several years. And, um, and then I, but I was still very, very overweight at one point, I think I was at like up to about 272 pounds and I'm not a tall person. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. 
um, I decided I was going to do this thing called the, the breast cancer three day walk where, and I think it's run by Susan Komen. I'm not sure, um, who it's run by now, but it's basically you raise all this money and then you walk 20 miles, you sleep in a tent, you walk 20 more miles, you sleep in a tent. And then on day three, you walk another 20 miles. So you do 60 miles total. Okay. And I was like, all right, weigh 272 pounds. I should probably train for this. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably make an effort because at that point I would like, I would go and do like, you know, a mile or two with my run walk, but I wasn't going 60 miles. So I hired a personal trainer and I was like, I got to get this weight off. I'm going to do this 60 mile walk. And she's kind of looking at me and she's like, all right. And, but she was like the sweetest person. And, um, so, so we worked on strength training. We worked on yoga for flexibility and so forth. And, I was not losing weight, but I was gaining confidence. I was feeling a lot stronger in my body. And the day of the walk came and there was this huge rainstorm, thunderstorm, mudslide, and they canceled two of the three days. And I swear <laughs> someone was looking out for me because I was not ready for that. I had, I was totally unprepared. I was terrified. Um, and I only had to walk 20 miles and I was like, all right, I can do this. I can walk 20 miles. So I did the, the final day. I did the 20 mile walk. Um, I was just miserable. I felt awful. And I was like, I'm never going to do that again. And what I meant was I'm never going to do that 30, that 60 mile walk again. But then what I realized, what I actually meant to myself was I'm never going to show up that unprepared again. And so I talked to my trainer after the event was over and I said, look, I want to do a big athletic event. I want to do it the right way. I'm probably not going to lose a bunch of weight. Like, let's be honest, but like, I still think I can do this. I'm signing up for a triathlon. So I signed up for a triathlon the next year. <laughs> so it's like, like, it's not enough for you just to take on running. You want to do biking <laughs> and swimming. Oh my gosh. Well, and at the time I was married to an Ironman triathlete. And so oh. I was kind of like, um, okay. It looks like fun. Yeah. I don't know what I, I honestly, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, I need to, I need a redemption and I don't want to do a 60 mile walk with camping. Um, I'm going to do this triathlon. And so I really threw myself into it and I, I trained, I did so much strength training. I trained really hard with the running, the cycling and the swimming. And I had been a swimmer in high school. So it wasn't like, I didn't need to learn how to swim. I was a pretty strong swimmer, but the cycling, like that was what I'm going to put my feet in these shoes that are going to get stuck to the pedal. Yes. And I like, I fell off multiple times. I still have scars <laughs> from falling off my stupid bike. Cause I forgot I was clipped in, but I did it. And I cry, I crossed that finish line. I was like second to last. I cried and I cried and I cried all the way home. And I realized like, this is a thing that like, and I was the fattest person at that triathlon by far. I, like nobody else even came close to the weight that I was at, but I finished and I was like, this is a thing. If I can do this, other women can do this. And so I started thinking about like, um, you know, what, what is my contribution to the world of sports going to be like, I, I just started thinking much, much differently. I was really unhappy in the job that I had. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna quit my job and I'm going to open a personal training studio <laughs> in my house. 
I'm going to train plus size women to be strong and I'm going to help them gain confidence. And so I spent a couple years like figuring it out and getting certified. And then I quit my job and. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, but I want to back up a minute. So you're crying after completing the triathlon, but why are you crying? I want to understand that. It was just like. I mean, there was, it, it was not tears of sadness. It was tears of pride and relief and joy. And, and to be honest, um, both of my parents had passed away by that point in time, but I knew that like, <laughs> I knew that I, I wanted them to have known that I, that I did that. So, you know, I was crying kind of because I wasn't able to share that with them, but I, it was just a moment where I realized like, holy crap, I'm capable of so much more than I ever thought I possibly was. And it was hard as hell. And there were a lot of times that I was miserable, but it was all worth it. And that like my whole life changed in that moment. Yeah. And that's what I love is, you know, so many, all of us have this potential. And I think Sean Aker gives this stat that most of us are only using 10% of our potential. And so it sounds to me like that was a really like a monumental moment in your life where you downloaded almost like a new blueprint for what you're capable of. Yeah, totally. totally. And that new blueprint, that new belief system and what you're able to achieve changed every area of your life, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. It really did. Wow. I mean, I can't even recognize my life now from the person I was 10 years ago, aside from that, that one sort of life-changing moment. Like it just all really came down to that and everything has been different since then. I mean, it's not like everything just like magically changed overnight, right? Like my brain changed. And then as a result of that, my reality changed over a period of years, but. Oh, I love that. Your brain changed. And as a result, your reality changed. Yeah. That's like, um, I'm writing this down really because that's so good. It's like an Oprah tweetable moment. Um, <laughs> But, and I love that what you're doing is you work not just with plus size women, but knowing that a woman who doesn't fit the normal runner body type gets coached by someone who understands what it takes to get there and also understands what it feels like day in and day out to feel maybe less than at one time in your life or that you weren't capable of that. And you know, I run marathons and I took this year off because my body gets in trauma so much after one, but I have seen evidence of this. Cause I'm going to tell yeah, you know, I always tell people for as many miles as I run, I don't really look like your typical runner either. I mean, I'm built like a brick shit house, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, but I still look like an athlete, you know what I'm saying? And when I do these marathons, I'm always amazed at the people who pass me. And I'm pretty fast, Jill. The people who pass me who are 50 to 100 pounds heavier than me because they've trained their body to do that. I mean, the bottom line is they're in better shape than I am. And so it, for me, it also has kind of debunked that old belief that like you have to have a certain body type to be an athlete. And that is so yeah. not true. Yeah. It, I mean, I think if you want to win the hundred meter sprint in the Olympics, like, yeah, you kind of have to have a, a pretty close body type to those folks, but beyond that, there's a lot of, there's a lot of open room and 
Um, and I think that we're not really taught that anywhere like the media and it, the media is just starting to change and just starting to shift and show bodies of all shapes and sizes because those of us who are athletes in bigger bodies are jumping up and down saying hey pay attention to us and like if nothing else it's like we've got money we want to join these races make them a little friendlier for yes. somebody who maybe doesn't run an eight minute mile like but hey maybe we can still finish a marathon in six hours like yeah. Right. Oh, I love that. And so, and, and I love that you're just so honest about like, you know, that this was a really hard journey for you and that you failed at it many, many times over many, many years, but now you feel like you've, you, you, because of that, because of the body that you live in and the formula that you've figured out for helping other women do this, now you are paying it forward. Now you, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like for you to take women who were you 20 years ago and watch them create that self-confidence. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty amazing to see the, the self-confidence bloom in somebody when they like, even if it, it's just like that first run that they go on and they finish and they, they did it on their own terms and they, you know, they, they said, okay, I'm going to do two miles and I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I'm going to run for 30 seconds and walk for 30 seconds and I'm going to do it like that. And they get to the end of that two miles and like, their mind is just blown <laughs> because they have the same shift that I had that like, suddenly they go from an identity of not athletic. I'll never be able to do that to, Hey, wait a minute. Maybe I'm a runner. Oh, it's so powerful. That. And you know, one of the things that I think that people don't understand, and I say this as, you know, someone who cranks out 35 miles a week, but the first, like everybody has a different um, length for like, for me, the first two miles, they just suck. Like yeah. they are hard. And even though I know I can go out and run a 20 mile run, I'm going to tell you like the first two miles, my brain is like, this feels terrible. And like, I don't think I'm going to make it to mile three or two, whatever. And then your body like acclimates and it gets into this very natural rhythm. And I feel like so many people, they give up in that hard stretch because they don't know that it does change. Whether for some people, it takes them a mile to get acclimated. Some people, it takes them three miles. For me, it takes about, you know, two miles. And then my body gets into this natural rhythm and it becomes easy but I feel like nobody knows that. Yeah. I, I think I, I did a podcast called the first mile feels like ass or something. Like that. <laughs> that's a great title. Jill. I can't remember if that was the title of it, but I say that to my clients all the time. They'll, they'll have like a, a training run and they'll be like, Oh my God, after the first mile, I felt so awful. I just came home. I'm like, you know, the first mile feels like ass. Why would you quit after a mile? Oh, that is <laughs> you so missed good. the best part. You missed like the best part of the run. But, and I forget that every single time for me, it's actually about 20 minutes, right? So it's about like a mile and a quarter for me. And, and it's just like, suddenly the flip, the switch gets flipped and it feels good. And yeah, it's a thing. And it's, yeah, our bodies are just like, like no one's body is like, yes, let's suddenly ramp all up the, up the systems and, yeah. and 
go this hard effort, your brain, your fight or flight mechanism is like, we're not being chased. What, like, what is happening? <laughs> there are no cougars. There are no tigers. Right, exactly. Your brain is like, what is happening? So it's normal. Well, and you know, like my whole, like I've had to learn a lot as I've aged, you know, uh, the last couple of years, I am starting to have like shoulder issues and tennis elbow. And then my, um, uh, Achilles tendon and different things. And so even though I can go out and run all these miles, Jill, I've started to do yoga and I'm in a class with like 70 to 80 year old women who are doing planks for longer than I can hold. <laughs> like I'm sitting there, Jill, and my arms are shaking so badly because my core is not very strong. So I'm working on that. I'm, I just have, you know, Alex, um, um, from AE wellness, Alex oh, Ellis. Yes. Yeah. So like literally I just paid her, um, $300 cause she's like, Kim, literally I can teach you 15 minutes of stretching to do after every run. And you're not going to have all of these pain problems in your body. Um, and so I think the moral of that story is for a while, I was like, Hey, I feel great. Like I'm 44 and I feel 28. Like I was one of those lucky ones that I always felt like I was in a youthful body. And then, all of a sudden it's like, I'm starting to have all these pains and I have bursitis now in my hips. And, um, and so I'm having to learn to do some things differently now, if I want to continue to get the effects. And I think a lot of what you're talking about is saying like, we all just have to create some space within us and say, Hey, let me see if I can't change my belief system around this. Yeah. Uh, no, it's very true. And I think that's uh, a lot of people are like, why are you a life coach? Like what's, what's a life coach and why, you know, yeah, like, let's they talk come about me, that. Yeah. Well, and they come to me and they're like, just teach me how to run. I'm like, I can totally do that. And I will do that for anybody. I'll teach them to run. But like, I think running is the gateway to really unlocking our own confidence, our own self-esteem, our own self-love. And I think like because of all the, especially if you're plus size or if you're somebody who's, you know, I get women that come to me, they're fifties and they're sixties. I actually had, I have one client, bless her amazing, amazing heart, 76 years old. And I, I trained her to run her first marathon or her first half marathon. And I, like, she's like, am I the oldest person you've ever like trained for a half marathon. And I said, yeah, officially you are. And she's like, well, am I the slowest? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> oh my. So, so like some, you took a 76 year old and trained yeah. her that she has, I want that woman must be amazing. Like to have yeah. that goal at 76. Yeah. And I think like, that's what I love about the combination of life coaching and run coaching is that, you know, if you come to me, if you come to me and you think you can become a runner, like I'm, I might not be the right coach because I specialize in women who believe that running is going to be too hard for them. They're either too fat, too old, too out of shape, too uncoordinated, whatever it is. Um, I think that the thought, the, the mental BS that you have to get past in your own brain to become a runner when you have a belief that it's just not something for you. Like it teaches you, I teach you how to get past, I'm not putting this the right way. I'm teaching, I teach you how to get past your own BS so that you become a runner. And then the tools that I teach can be used elsewhere in life. And so like a lot of my clients are like, oh, well, Hey, I did a half marathon. Maybe I could ask my 
my boss for a promotion, or maybe I could quit my job and start my own company or like, it's just mind blowing how much like doing a simple run (laughs) and getting past the thoughts that prevented you from doing it. Like once you learn how to do that with running, you can do it anywhere. So I think that's, what's so amazing. Like running is definitely the gateway to, you know, it's people think like, oh, I'm so much more confident because I'm a runner. And I'm like, well, yes, but you're a runner because you worked on your confidence. Yes. It's like an inside game, right? Yeah. It it totally is. Yeah. That's what I tell people all the time. You know, I'm like, you know, the work that I do with clients is in sometimes it's such a simple thing that we teach them, right? Like you teach them how to run, so to speak, or um, I teach them how to create more self-love in their life, which like you said, it's those one little thing, that one little thing that causes like a ripple effect. And you're right. Next thing you know, they're asking, um, they're telling their partner what they want more of in their marriage. They're going after the job promotion. They're starting their side hustle. Um, they're taking time, self-care time for themselves every single day. Like that piece of running the act in itself has this massive result in so many other areas of your life. Yeah, it does. And why do you think, cause I love talking about self-love Jill, how does it bring you more self-love? Oh gosh, that's such a great question. I think, I mean, running doesn't, we just talked about how running doesn't feel great in the beginning. And I feel like when you work your way through the first mile or the first two miles to get to that point where it starts to feel good, like that in its in and of itself is an act of self-love, right? Like, yes. like doing something that's uncomfortable because you know the payoff to your well-being mm-hmm. is going to be so great. So like that, like it it like reminds me of my self-love every single time I put my shoes on. Because Mm -hmm. now that's like something I say to myself, like, oh, you know, I go running because I care about myself. I don't run because I'm trying to lose weight. I don't run because I'm trying to like win races or anything like that. I mean, that would be awesome. (laughs) If any of those (laughs) things happen, I'd be down. But like, that's not why I run. Running for me is just, it's just the ultimate act of self-love. And it's also, it's kind of interesting because a lot of the women I work with, are moms and they either have, you know, most of them, I would say have like, they don't have like teeny tinies, but they have like either little ones or middle school aged or whatever. And for them going for a run feels at first, like they are being selfish and like they are taking time away from their families. And so like, when I can get them to see running as an act of self-love and when you love yourself, you're so much more effective with your family. I'm sure you teach that over and over. I love that 100%. Um, And here, so here's my question, Jill too. So you specialize in working with women who believe that running wasn't something they could ever do because either they felt overweight or they feel like they're too old or they were never an athlete um, or whatever that might be. So what is your secret 
to helping these women, like, tell us your secret. Like, I know there are people like, we're going to, we're going to show people like, Hey, if you want to be coached by Jill, this is where you go. But like, still like, what are some things that my audience members, like there, I, I could just hear them. They're like, Jill, tell me what to do. Where do I start? What's the secret? How do you make this work? And I think the secret is giving yourself permission to do it the way it works for you. Right? Give us some Rather examples than, of that. Well, because I think that the reason I struggled so long with running is because I thought I had to run for three miles without stopping. And once I gave myself permission to run a little bit and walk a little bit, I'm like, oh, look at that. Now I'm training for a marathon, right? Like, so this because secret, you've run a marathon, Jill. I actually, I have not. I trained for the Philadelphia Marathon. I, my, that 20 mile training run was one of the best experiences of my life. I like, I finished that 20 miles. I was like, I cannot believe I just did that. That was amazing. And then on race day, it was sleet and ice and snow. And it was like 30 degrees. And by mile 13, which like the race, the Philly race goes out and comes back at the half mile mark and half marathon mark, and then goes out and back again. And I was like, I'm covered with blisters. I'm cold. This is not how I want to, this is, I don't want to experience the next 13 miles like this. And I just decided I was done. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it in 2020. But let me just just clarify to the woman who's sitting across the camera from me right now, who could not, is it fair to say you couldn't run a block at one time in your life? Oh yeah, totally. So a plus size woman who couldn't run around the block. Now a plus size woman who has gone out and run continuously for 20 miles. Well, run, walk, but yes. I mean, that's freaking amazing, Jill. I mean, that's like five hours of run, walk exercise nonstop. I was super proud of that. (laughs) I mean, it is, it's amazing. And you know, even, even with me, I was like a sprinter. And I remember the first time somebody said, Hey, you should do a half marathon. And I'm like, Oh my God, my five mile runs kill me. Like I'm just dead. I could (laughs) never do 13. Right. And then I did a half marathon and then somebody's like, Oh, you should do a marathon. And I'm like, Oh my God, that was pure hell. Like I probably didn't even have a quarter of a mile left in me after the half marathon. And of course now, you know, eight marathons later. So it's such a mindset thing, Jill. It's such, and I know that's what you work on is you work on the psychology and the mindset behind it while also helping them honor what feels good to them. Yeah. And I think, um, that's one thing that I do teach my clients is like, don't be afraid to fail. Right. Cause, because I had a, you know, I had a moment of reckoning with myself, like on marathon day when I got up and it was sleeting and I was not prepared for that at all. And, um, I thought I might not finish this race today. And then I said to myself, and that's okay. Because, uh, the year before I had been badly injured, well, it was plantar fasciitis and, uh, IT band syndrome and like a torn meniscus. So it wasn't like I got hit by a car, but like my body was just sort of like, like pretty angry with me. And so I, I had not run for several months and then I started running again in March and the marathon was in November. So I really had only trained for like eight months. I'd gone from zero to mayor. And I thought to myself, all right, well, you know, maybe that was actually kind of unrealistic, but I, I also recognized that 
if I had not set this enormous goal of running a marathon, I never would have done a 20 mile run. I wouldn't have done the 18 mile run and I wouldn't have done the 16 mile run. And like that, I think that is one of the lessons that I try to teach my clients is set big ass goals. And you know what? Like, it's not even about the goal. It's about the person you become on the way there. Wait a minute. It's not even about the goal. It's about the person you become on the way there. And I think that's the other, the other secret that I like to, to share with people is, you know, learn how to run on your own terms. And I totally teach people how to do that. Like, um, and I actually, I have a free, um, a free 30 day training plan that people can download. <gasps> oh, you do tell yes, us where I to do. go. Cause my people are going to be all about that. <laughs> Just go to not and it's, it's right there at the top of the page. I call it the 30 day running start. And, um, and it helps you kind of just get started. And I promise there's, there's nobody that this plan is going to be too hard for Like it really, it's, it's a very like entry-level plan. Um, but so I teach, I teach my clients that, but then I also teach them to like set really big goals. Don't be afraid to fail because you're becoming a different person. And you know, so what? So I failed at my first marathon, like, okay, there's plenty more, right? Like (laughs) I failed at my first marriage. Thank God for second chances. I know. Right. (laughs) Same. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's why I'm a happiness coach. I teach people how to increase their happiness levels by up to 40%. Exactly. I love that. And if if upgrading your marriage is part of that, I'm all in. It, It is. It is. Okay. So before I end this, here's a question. I have for you. So I want to go back to little freshman Kim, because I want to tell you, I want to be honest. I was like a hundred and two. I was probably 99 pounds when I got that record. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and then between like my sophomore and junior year, I sprouted boobs and not just boobs, but like big ass boobs, which did slow me down. And so I still have these big ass boobs and I can tell you have big ass boobs. So Lord, yes, (laughs) I want to know because I feel like I have to duct tape these babies down. Do you have like a bra that you recommend? You do? do. Jill, why do do I not know this? I don't know. Okay. So it's called Enel, E-N-E-L-L. Okay. And you can go to Enel.com. Um, and it's basically for anybody who's like a C or a D cup or higher. So if you're a B cup, it's going to be too big for you. Okay. Okay. Um, they fit, they fit a lot differently. They're like, there's, t- <laughs> there's 12 hooks in the front. Okay. I've had those things, similar yeah. ones where you have to hit, hook all those things. <laughs> like- yeah. But you know what? Like when I, I mean, I'm like a G cup and really? they don't move when I run. Really? Oh yeah. It's so like- worth it. It is worth it because I always do that little side glance, like I'm running down Maine and I'll look at myself in the glass and like they're flopping around, you know, and I'm just like, good grief. Yeah. So they have all those little hooks and they keep the girls secure. So that that's really good to know because a lot of big breasted women struggle with like, sometimes that can just be like, well, I don't even, I can't can't even find a bra that's going to help me, you know? So that's really helpful. Okay, Jill, where do people go? Oh, go ahead. So if you decide to order any now, just use the code Jill ship, J I L L S H I P. When you check out, you get free shipping. Jill ship. Awesome. Free shipping. Oh, I love it. And it's a woman owned company. Like the woman that created the company had big boobs, played volleyball. was like, this is the worst thing ever created a bra to hold her boobs down. And the rest is history. And Oprah runs in them. 
Oh, she does. That's how I found out about them. Oh my. Like, I'll, I'll drop this in the show notes, ladies, yeah. too, so that you have the exact link if you want to order yeah. the bra. Ashley Graham also wears them too. So just Oh saying. my goodness. Okay. So if people are like, hey, I think I might need to hire Jill as my running coach, or how do they find you? Uh, so you can go to notyouraveragerunner.com and sign up for the free 30-day training plan. I do have a podcast called Not Your Average Runner. Um, and also uh, three to four times a year, I run a class called the Rebel Runner Roadmap. And so uh, the next opening isn't until January, but if you go to rebelrunnerroadmap.com, you can get on the wait list. And as soon as it's open, I'll send you an email and invite you to join. So, and this episode is probably not going to go live until February. So, when will you run the next? That's a good question. I think the next one. Oh my gosh, it's on my huge calendar in the living room. Uh, I want to say the next one's in March. Okay, but they'll still be able to go on that wait list link. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, totally. Jill, Yay. I have loved this conversation. I knew that I would. Yay. For those of you who are listening take a screenshot of this, send it to your girlfriends, write us a review on iTunes, tag me or Jill. Jill, are you on Instagram? I am not your average runner, not your average runner. I'm Kim <laughs> Strobel Joy. Tag us. We want to know what you thought about this episode because I love Jill. I just love your honesty. Like you just lay it all out there. And that is so refreshing because you are saying so much of what some of us are feeling or others feel, but are kind of afraid to talk about the elephant in the room, so to speak. And I just love how you naturally do that. <laughs> Thanks. And I have so many quotes. I think you're a great quote speaker. I've written down so many things here. Like it's not even about the goal. It's about the person you become in the journey. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. Whoop, whoop. We did it. Thank you so much for listening in on the She Finds Joy podcast today. I'm honored to share this space with you, and I hope you keep showing up as the real you in this world. As always, this conversation will be continued in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy to connect with other joy seekers just like you.